This is the AusChina Business Channel with Stacey Martin, our AusChina Business Specialist and Expat Financial Advisor. Experts, information and ideas on how to navigate business opportunities in Asia. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. the Oz China Business Channel. I'm Stacey Martin and I'm here in the studio with Cynthia Deer and welcome Cynthia. Hi Stacey. Cynthia, I was introduced to you to, of course, being a networker, I was introduced to you as the author of Camels, Sheiks and Billionaires, doing business in the Middle East. Now, I've been working in the China space and when I read your book, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. There are so many cultural aspects. Some I was familiar with the concepts from the China aspect, from, but certainly from the Middle East. You know, it was a real eye-opener. So um, pleased to have you in the studio today, Cynthia. Great to be here. So tell us a little bit about you, Cynthia. I mean, you've had an amazing uh, career journey actually working in the uh, Middle East, uh, both as a diplomat and a management consultant. How did that come about in your career? Well, it was actually kind of an accident. I, uh, I started out at the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade back in 2001 as a young munchkin and I thought I'd be going off to somewhere sexy like Paris or Japan and instead for my sins I got told I would be learning Arabic and being posted to the Middle East. So, because they were the languages you knew, right? Yeah, that's right. But apparently um, you know, it was, it was better for me to, to learn Arabic and, and to get posted. So I accepted that challenge and I went off and I worked in Cairo in Egypt and then in uh, Abu Dhabi and Doha in the United Arab Emirates and Qatar. Um, After a while, I went off to London and did a Master of Middle East Politics and then I left the diplomatic corps and turned into a management consultant. So I spent the next four years working around the region, primarily in Iraq for the British government and then for the American government. And then in 2010, I came back to Australia and uh, became the CEO of the Australia Arab Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Fast forward several years, and in 2013, I set up my company, Deeran and Associates. And um, really, even up to that point, the, fo- the focus of all my work was, um, was the Middle East. Wow, that's that's an amazing story. I mean, some of those countries you mentioned, they all have kind of travel warnings in DFAT. And that here you are as a young 20-something on the ground working in all those incredible countries. How was that as both a young woman, I guess? And, 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 you know, for women, you know, often there's a lot of issues we do hear about in terms of, you know, travelling and those sorts of countries. Tell us about some of your sort of experiences on the ground. Well, look, it definitely had its moments. Um, What I would say is that each country I worked in was unique and and very, very different. So working in Cairo is a completely different experience to working in Abu Dhabi, which again is a completely different experience to working in Iraq. So, you know, Cairo has 20 million people. It's chaotic. It's filthy. It's charming. You have no personal space. Um, Abu Dhabi is boiling hot, very calm. Uh, It's like living in a five-star hotel and working in Iraq is like being in an action movie because you go to work wearing body armor surrounded by bodyguards and you know it's in an ex-Saddam Hussein palace so it was a very diverse experience but look on the whole one that I really enjoyed and you know as for working there as a woman uh, look it's something I get asked about frequently I would have to honestly say 
I had fewer problems working in the Middle East as a woman than I've had working in Australia as a woman. Isn't that interesting? You know, I was in Asia recently and, you know, that issue about women in careers and boards sort of came up. It seems to be kind of a global issue. But, you know, it's very, I think, you know, you talk about how uh, being over there, uh, it's very much merit-based. And, of course, you know, being a diplomat, that gives you the status uh, as well as obviously your depth of experience. Look, I think that's true. Um, But you come across the most extraordinary people all the time. About two nights ago, I was on a call with a lady who is actually American. She's from Tennessee, uh, but she's converted to Islam. She is married to an Emirati. She has six children, and she ran an investment company for a member of the royal family. Now, that is totally not what you would expect to find out there, but there are all these fascinating people out there, and there are women in really high-powered roles, despite what everybody thinks. Yeah, look, and you must really value the time that you spent there. What are some of the, I guess, personal challenges when you were living there? Well, I mean, in Iraq, the biggest personal challenge was that I could not just go out and walk around in the street. If I went out, well, I could never go to the middle of town because it was too dangerous. And most of the time when I went out, I had to have security with me. So that was a very restrictive life. Um and then in the other places, the challenges were different. You know, I, I found the, the most difficult thing in Egypt that I very rarely had any personal space. So basically the only time when I was alone was when I went into the bathroom and ran a bath and shut the door. <laughs> so that was the challenge there. Um, I suppose when I was in the Emirates, uh, I found it that is a, a culture where it can be quite difficult to get into the local society. And I think, you know, that is a challenge and that is something that takes time and patience and understanding and real respect for the culture so again you know the challenges in each place are a little different. So having set up your consultancy focusing uh, initially on the MENA region today you take uh, people on business trips having done the homework people engage you to look at you know whether there's a a investor or distribution opportunity for their product and then you uh, through your network identify opportunities and if there is you take people on the ground so the experience that you have in building those networks building close relationships it must really shortcut for people uh, getting close to those potential business opportunities. Look, I think that's right because for the average business person in a country like Australia, engaging with somewhere like the Middle East is quite a difficult proposition. It's a bit like going to Mars. Most people can maybe point to it on the map if they're lucky, but they really don't have a clear idea to, about how to, to go about working there. You know, they, they don't have commercial intelligence about what the market is like. They don't understand how the culture works and they don't have the networks that they need to to really move forward quickly in the market. And in that respect, it, it's not unlike China in that it is very, very relationship-driven. So um, people have to trust you, know you, trust you and like you before they're going to work with you. So as you, as you say, what we do is really shortcut that process of uh, building the relationships because we take our clients and we put them in touch with our trusted network. Yeah, and it's, it, it's all about trust and relationships. And um, you mentioned China. I understand you've uh, uh, recently um, turned the um, 
you know, really amazing methodology that you have. Um, very extremely thorough, extremely organised, helping people, you know, I guess uh, appreciate what their strategy is, what it means for them in a business and a personal context and why uh, they're looking to go over and, and working through the various issues. But you've you've just also turned to the China market. Now, there's lots of China consultants already in the space. Why, why did you think that uh, this was a, a valuable addition to your uh, business, doing not just the MENA region but also looking to Asia? Well, look, the MENA region is not going to be a fit for every, every company. So some companies are going to want to work with MENA, some companies will want to work with China, some companies want to do both. We saw a need in the marketplace. We were also lucky enough to have access to some fabulous team members who have uh, years of first-hand experience in China and I guess the ability to actually provide the service using the same methodology but in a different market and having people who wanted that service was what prompted us to move in that direction. Look, and I think the methodology you have has really made a difference for a lot of people because it, you know, it's about thinking of those gaps. It's a pretty well like you're setting up a, another business. That's right. But a whole lot of other challenges. That's right. It's, it's like setting up your business at home, only about 10 times more complex because you are dealing with a bunch of variables that you're not even aware of. So often people go in not even knowing what they don't know. And that is a dangerous space to be in. Yeah, absolutely. When you're going to jump on a plane and go halfway around the world. <laughs> um, so uh, you've been listening to Cynthia Deer, an author of Camel Sheiks and Billionaires, and Amina Expert. Uh, that's the Middle East uh, what are the countries again? Middle East and North Africa. Middle East and North Africa. Yeah. So that's a pretty big region and some pretty interesting countries there. So uh, after the break, we're going to hear a little bit more from Cynthia about the practical aspects of helping SMEs with their uh, market entry and internationalisation strategies. So uh, thanks, Cynthia. Thanks, Stacey. SME Radio is backed by the power of the SME Association and its 30,000-strong national membership. For more information on the association and to become a member, please go to www.smea.org.au. listening to SME Radio. This is a shameless plug for an advertiser, sponsor or partner. If you want your business name here and to reach our more than 33,000 members right across Australia, then give us a call. You can reach us via the website smeradio.com.au. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. This is Oz China Business Channel. My name's Stacey Martin and I'm here in the studio here at the uh, wonderful Vivo Cafe in Sydney talking to Cynthia Deeran. Um, Cynthia's had a very colourful career uh, working in the Middle East and North Africa, the MENA region, um, and she's the author of Camel, Sheiks and Billionaires, which is a great guide to doing business cross-culturally. Um, but Cynthia, you've recently expanded your business to also use your methodology in China and Asia, seeing that uh, demand from clients with your amazing uh, methodology. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the opportunities that you're seeing in China, feedback from clients and why you decided that uh, this would be a valuable addition to your business so that you could uh, round out and help more clients. Yeah. Uh, thanks Stacey. So um, look if you open the newspaper any day or you look online you'll see a lot written in the press about China 
Um, there's often a lot of stuff about opportunities. There's equally a lot of stuff about challenges. People started to come to us and to say, we think there's an opportunity in X space in the Chinese market. We want to access it. We don't know how. So I have had people approach me about selling shoes into the Chinese market or uh, manufacturing shoes there and then selling them back into Australia. I've had people approach me about setting up a business selling vitamins into China, uh, agricultural stuff, food stuff, you name it. Everybody wants to know how to do it. But the challenge is that, as you know, Stacey, the Chinese market is large and complex and pretty foreign for an Australian operator. And so that was really the opportunity that I saw to um, support small business in its vision to put, you know, some very extraordinary Australian products and services out into that market. And certainly we've seen a move from, I guess we call the mining boom to the dining uh, boom or dining room. So, you know, and Australia is known for its clean air uh, and uh, quality produce, premium produce. So there's been a lot of uh, interest in our agricultural sector. Uh, sector with um, food security and having been over there recently I struggled to find basil in a supermarket so I can just only imagine you know the demand we're seeing even when I got back to Australia and I'm wandering past a chemist's warehouse there's a whole lot of people packing their vitamins in boxes so (laughs) and certainly when I went over and stayed with the family they said can you pick me up these vitamins so certainly we've seen a lot of uh, uh, products and produce uh, entering the China market Uh, with the signing of the free trade agreement last year uh, and our economy particularly for SMEs is um, uh, services based we're starting to see more opportunities for services entering the market so you've worked with both uh, products and services so tell, tell me a little bit about how some of the differences in market entry uh, between having a, a, a product you know the sort of things you described whether it's um, selling shoes or finding a distributor or a manufacturer and services which are you know I guess for many a bit more intangible okay so uh, I suppose there are fundamental differences in the way that you sell goods and services so if we're working with somebody who has a good as a product uh, they are going to be thinking about things like do I use a distributor for my product do I sell directly to retailers in my target market? Would it be better for us to set up our own shops in in that country? Or maybe we should be selling online and just using a hub somewhere and, and not having any physical presence in the market at all. So those are the kind of questions that somebody dealing with goods is going to face. On the other hand, if you're dealing with services, it's a really different proposition. So you might be saying, Will we be having a team who flies in and flies out and delivers, for argument's sake, architectural services into the market? Uh, maybe we're a creative and design agency and we're servicing clients in another market, but we're doing it all digitally. So again, no physical presence. Or, you know, again, coming back to the architect example, do we want to set up an office in our new market and build up a brand and a presence there and service clients? So. Uh, there are different nuances for goods and for services the common thing that both share though is working out well what is the right strategy for us to take into the market what is the market entry mode that we should use that makes most sense for us both strategically tactically and financially 
And you're on the board of the Australian Services Roundtable. And on a previous show, we had CLO, CEO Alina Bain talking about some of the recent developments. And the China-Australia Free Trade Agreement does, in fact, uh, provide some entry for services. How have you thought about that in terms of uh, your business and your clients? Is there any kind of early wins or opportunities that you might be seeing? I think that the opportunity is massive. I think, on the other hand, that the challenge is really knowing, firstly, how we access the benefits of that free trade agreement. And then, you know, what are the steps that a small business really needs to take to get itself into the market effectively and to avoid all the all the traps for new players that exist? Yeah, look, and I think for legal services or financial services, certainly when I've spoken to David Landis, who's uh, from Austrade, he says financial services are one of the most challenging. So I'm like, thanks very much for that. <laughs> um, and having having been over there, you know, you, you've seen there are quite a lot of differences. There are areas where there's strong regulation yes. and other areas where there's no regulation yes. and very much behind uh, how we've tackled some of these um, industries in Australia. So there certainly are opportunities, but it's, it's just so massive. It's where can one person start I guess and uh, having uh, I guess a methodology to, to think about the various issues rather than charging in as some people like myself are known to do um, really makes a difference so I want to just um, ask you I, I know that I looked some time ago about a questionnaire that you've got on your website uh, called a stress test so it's, it's yeah. tell me about that it's kind of look all the different issues you need to think about if you are thinking of going overseas tell us a little bit about more the questionnaire and perhaps how people uh, listening to the program can access that it, look the, the strategy stress test is a questionnaire that takes about 15 or 20 minutes it's got about 75 questions in it and what it does is it takes you through a series of yes no or maybe answers and when you get to the end of it it will spit out an answer which highlights for you uh, which parts of your strategy for going international are strong and which parts still need work. Okay. That's that's an outline of it. If you want to take the test, you just need to go to our website, which is dirrenassociates.com and type in strategy stress test and it will come up and you can fill it in. So that's a pretty simple thing to do because you might have some aspects you think, wow, there's a great opportunity in China for my product or service, but this will uh, give you some insights. And the other thing, I mean, I think um, a lot of people like face-to-face learning. I know we talked about e-commerce is a, a big thing, but thinking about your own strategy and getting direct advice, I think, is quite important. So you've got a one-day workshop coming up uh, on market entry. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Look, the, uh, the one-day international business launch pad is basically part one of a nine-month program called the International Business Accelerator. What we do in the Accelerator is we use a seven-step methodology to address all of the areas that we believe you need to cover off before you can successfully launch a business internationally. The one-day launch pad is basically the first part of that. And in that one-day workshop, we run you through some of the massive mistakes that people make when they're going international. And then we help you to create a roadmap which highlights all the things that you'll need to cover off in order to launch successfully and make sure that you don't go up in flames before you get there. And look, I think the thing you mentioned about massive mistakes, these mistakes can actually be quite costly financially because it's not only the time you've flown over there, you might get there and you've got the wrong collateral or the wrong messages or you haven't got translation or there's a whole host of things that can go wrong. When I was in Shanghai recently, I met with a company that does due diligence on people and you know one of the things they mention is you know often there's roadshows that go into companies and say how great it is, um, but they sort of share all the, the tips and traps and things that can go wrong in the background and I think it's more about uh, understanding some of those 
those issues than just thinking it's a huge market, let's just get a slice of it. Well, getting on a plane and going over there is very exciting and very fun. So people often succumb to the temptation to just go off on a rampage rather than sitting back and doing the planning. The problem is you waste masses of time and energy and if it blows up in your face... It's very, very discouraging and I have seen people do that and they get so burned by the experience that they walk away from the market and never touch it again when instead they should have been in the market making a million bucks. And I think that's one of the things to learn from people's experiences. Um, there are people who've trodden these paths and they're experts like Deer and Associates that uh, really do have a strong methodology that can help and uh, hopefully avoid some of those costly mistakes. So you've got some webinars coming up. I mean, I guess the thing is to think about, you know, is this right for you? You know, how early are you in the journey? Um, are you ready? So uh, how can people find out about some of the different services you have in the upcoming webinars and courses? Well, look, if you'd like to find out about the International Business Accelerator and the one day launch pad uh, I suggest that you jump on one of our upcoming webinars the first one is on the 6th of March if you go to our website which is dearandassociates.com uh, there's a big banner right on the front page and if you click on that it'll take you through some information about the program and you can sign up for the webinar if you come along to the 20 minute webinar basically you can find out whether this is the right program for you uh, and you know we can answer any questions that you have fantastic so uh, to avoid costly mistakes uh, talk to Deer and Associates totally if you're going to the Middle East I don't think there's any competition there there's a lot of competition in the China market but Deer and Associates have got a really good structure and I think that some of those introductory things are really really helpful for people trying to think you know uh, is this for them and I found one of the things in running uh, being on delegations and running them myself some of it's awareness and it, is it uh, for you or not um, and I think it's very early in the stage if you can answer no it's not for me or yes it is then uh, uh, that's been really helpful. So thanks so much, Cynthia, for coming along today and sharing your insights. Uh, I'm Stacey Martin, and this has been the Oz China Business Channel, helping SMEs navigate capital versus capabilities uh, opportunities in the Asian century. Thanks. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Want to reach more small business owners? We can help. Advertise with us and connect with more than 30,000 SMEs across Australia. smeradio.com.au. Oh, 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 oh